recording. Welcome to Faint Praise. I'm Tony. I'm Eric. And this is a podcast where we watch a couple bad movies and then talk about which one is better. And our grand reunion after Eric moved cross country was to come together and watch two of the greatest modern American classics of all time. Of course, I'm talking about two King Arthur movies. (laughs) Uh, Separated by almost 10 years, probably. More than 10 years. So the first King Arthur movie that we watched was starring Clive Owen from 2004, simply titled King Arthur. No frills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To the point. And (laughs) then the second one that we watched was this year's uh, disaster, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, which was a Guy Ritchie movie starring Charlie Hunnam as the eponymous king. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that that one was recent, 2017. Yeah, that was just this year. I expect to see that one show up on plenty of uh, end of the year lists. Uh, as far as worst worst movies, worst disaster, etc. So I guess let's talk about what we thought. <laughs> what well, we which thought one did you want to? We, we'll do them in the order we watched them. I guess we'll start with King Arthur. Yeah, usually this is the order. Normally, we either we do the one that we think is going to be worse second. If we have no idea, we'll do them in the chronological order they came out in. You'd actually seen both of these. I this saw, is the first time that you'd seen both, and I've seen neither of them. I saw both of these because the original, the 2004 King Arthur, I saw in theaters because I like medieval movies. And it's funny because that King Arthur is actually not a medieval movie. It's a Roman movie. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. They, they totally turned the whole legend on its head and made him this Roman general. So it's closer to, in feel to like a gladiator type right. thing. Um, but I like those kinds of movies, so I saw that one in theaters. I have no memory of it, which I think is a little indicative of how... Yeah, but I mean, any just mediocre movie from 10 yeah. years ago, you don't normally remember, so... Right. And then King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, I saw as part of my uh, hot guy movie date with a friend of mine who we seek out bad movies that have shirtless hot guys in them, and <laughs> we watch them and make fun of and it. And you got duped because there were no sh- almost no shirtlessness. I, we were definitely gypped as far as the level of shirtlessness, which really <laughs> frustrates me because when you look on IMDb, and IMDb always has the like trivia and everything, there's a shitload of trivia for the King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Yeah, because it was like, oh, Guy Ritchie, he's doing all this stuff. Half of the trivia is about how big and shredded and muscular Charlie Hunnam got for the role. And then there's one damn shirtless scene Five minutes into the movie. Where he's yelling and punching. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's punching the air. He's like repeatedly. shadow boxing. And then as the, part of a growing up montage. Yeah, so me and my friend were just like heckling the movie the whole time. Um, which I tried to bring some of that in with Eric and he just looked I at me. I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we should save that for the actual right. movie discussion. So we'll start off first by talking about the Clive Owen King Arthur King from 2004, Arthur. which... Do you want to guess the Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, shit. King Arthur, 2004 Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to guess 18%. 31. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, 31%. But but why? (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't know how... uh... This is one of those movies that was fair... I wouldn't say hard to score, but most aspects of it were made competently in terms of movie making, I would say. Like, you know, like good sets. I mean, we'll get into more of that. Yeah. So I'm not that surprised that it has kind of a... Mm-hmm. higher Rotten Tomatoes, but it's just boring. It sure looks like a movie. Right, yeah. You know, whereas... But it's like hollow. The, it's the, like those desserts at Chinese buffets where you're like, ooh, <laughs> and then you bite into it and it just crumples like dry like plastic yeah, in your mouth. It's like an empty pastry. Right. Uh, which I think <laughs> is why turkey from Christmas vacation. Right, which is why I guess I didn't remember it at all. But this was... 
one of the it's more also, difficult movies to make. It's it also a. It was really boring. Yeah. yeah. It was also very, like you said, it had a lot that you're just not expecting it to be like that. It was totally different than what you'd ex- when I expected. Right. It's nothing like a King Arthur movie. It's not really a medieval movie. And even with that, it's kind of a bizarre storyline. Yeah, it's not at all a medieval or King Arthur movie. It is It is very solidly it's a It's much more Roman. like Gladiator or something. It is, it is. There's actually a reason for that. Uh, it was written by the same guy as Gladiator. Oh, well. <laughs> and I was getting definitely a Gladiator vibe while we were watching it. Right. More like a Gladiator wannabe vibe. Right. I was surprised to see that it was the same writer because I thought it would have been, then been more Gladiator close. was before this, right? Oh, yeah. Gladiator was 2001. This was 2004. There were a lot of Greek and Roman themed movies during yeah. this time. There's like Troy, like Troy Alexander, yeah. which might be an episode in the future. Troy if I versus can, Alexander. That's like can, six hours of movie right there. I know. There. Alexander's three hours long. It's probably the only reason I haven't had us do it yet because I, I feel like that's going to be a difficult one to get through. Yeah, that's like two movies. But those were the same year. These those Honestly, were, these weren't short. This one was two a full two hours and so was the other one. Yes, which is... It, neither of them should have been. No. So it, it was a mistake. But yeah, so during the 2001 to 2006 time frame, you had 300 in 2006. You had King Arthur in 04. Both Troy and Alexander were 04. Um, Gladiator was 01. So it must it must have just been during this time frame, the early 2000s, people wanted to see... People were just hot for Gladiator shit, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess they I was one of them. They bronze chest <laughs> plates and... Yeah, I guess I don't I'm know, Roman shit. charged. So, but so this one, they purposefully, they're very proud about like, oh, this is a demystified take on King Arthur, which is a mistake because that's the only thing that's interesting about yeah. King Arthur. King Arthur without the mysteries, just like without some, Merlin, yeah, without and, magic swords and everything. I mean, they had a Merlin, but he was just like some grody tree hobo, right? So the gist of this movie is that it's near. The, basically, it's near almost the end of the Roman Empire as the Roman Empire was sort of splitting into Shrinking, East and yeah. West, and it was when they were about to give up Britain as one of their as one of their strongholds. And Arthur plays a cavalry officer who has this like group of He's Roman sort of, of soldiers. like conscripts, yeah, basically. They're yeah. all his knights are just conscripts who had like fifth. I don't even know how historically accurate that is because I don't know anything about history. <laughs> <laughs> But like that, these people were all taken from their villages to serve fifteen-year terms in the Roman military, and then they were supposed to be let go. Right. So it centers on this central conflict of like all of his all of his cavalry people are thinking that they're going to be let go after like this last mission. Yeah, but then a high-ranking bishop comes in and tells them they have to do one last mission, which is basically a suicide mission to go north of the Hadrian Wall in Britain, which is like the Celtic tribe territory. Yeah. And the Saxons were invading at the time, and they were like, go rescue this prominent family because the Pope thinks that... He'll be this bishop kid's, or Pope one day. Yeah, thinks that this kid's going to be Pope one day. Every, so Arthur leads his guys to go get this family, and the whole movie is about them like coming back with the family and right. fighting the Saxons, and then they get together with the Celtic tribe that they call the Wodes, uh, which was a made-up name, apparently. I, up, I, I took this chance <laughs> to look chodes. up a little bit. Of, yeah. They met with the chodes. Yeah, I took this chance to look up a little bit. Of Wait, so the Saxons were called the Wodes in the movie? No, the Kira Knightley group. Oh, the, the Merlin's the people. The Merlin group was the Wodes, which included Kira Knightley. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is the leader of the Saxons, which is just like Germanic, yeah. you know, invading tribes. 
And so Arthur and his group have to kind of fight off both of them, but they merge with the Wodes and they fight and then off the Saxons. there's about 15 to 20 minutes of him standing on a horse in different places on both sides of the wall, apparently, <laughs> in smoke and nothing happening. Yes, and I feel like they never had control of their horses. The horses right. were always like... Like in filming, he's like, hey, rawr, 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 and the horse is bucking <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they were always like stamping like, fuck it, we'll use this. Because this. I think they had like weird helmets on and the horses were misbehaving and they, yeah. he just powered through it and with his line, so they kept it. It's like, is that your, your best take? Oh, right. Okay, fine. The horse is like bucking him off and stuff. Right. So at the end of the, the way the movie ends is that uh, Arthur ex- sort of he with he uses Merlin's he gets, people to kill the, or to defeat the Saxons. Right. He gets disillusioned with Rome, so he decides to stay in Britain and start a kingdom there. And that is it. There's no magic. There's nothing medieval feeling about it. It is just pure Roman versus Celtic tribes versus Saxon invading right. tribes. Uh, so that is the story for that one. And, and it had a bunch of weird like religious undertones too. Not so, I mean not so undertones. Yeah. I guess. That one didn't necessarily bother me because... It didn't bother me. It's just like... It just added a weird element to the movie of his motivations and stuff. Yes. It made it so that he changed sides extremely abruptly and it did not feel natural. Because he... This was when the Roman... The Roman Empire was Catholic. So they had the Pope and the And and he was supported the church, basically. He supported a specific person within the church. And he followed this particular guy's teachings and when he was, by he we mean Arthur, when he was talking to the bishop who was coming to give him his last, his last uh, assignment, he was like, oh, I look forward to seeing this guy again. It turns out that guy had been killed as a heretic. So, but they didn't tell him. Right. So when Arthur found that out, he just became completely disillusioned with the entire Roman Empire. Right. So I don't, I, that, it was totally abrupt. It felt ham-fisted. It was contrived. Yeah. Well, that's part of structure that element. Structure yeah. So, so let's start with the acting and vision. I don't, this right. was a weird one for me to. All right. So real quick, let me explain the, the way that the ratings work is we have four categories that we rate each movie in acting, visuals, structure, and entertainment value. And we can each give the movie up to five points in each category. And it's never end, happened. Yeah. <laughs> Not once has this happened. I have given out zeros, though. Eric's never given out a zero. No, I don't think I have. I have, I have, I have fought for my zeros. Um, so whichever movie at the end gets the most points is considered the better crappy King Arthur movie. Yeah. Um, so starting off with acting, tell me what you thought. This was a weird one because they, they have a big collection of good actors who are I, back then they probably most of them didn't have big names like what's his name ray uh this is a movie ray that's winston. filled with that guy yeah ray stevenson ray winston ray stevenson joel edgerton yeah joel edgerton clive owen this guy whose name i recognize but stellan skarsgård yoan grufford who is the, is he the son of stellan skarsgård no he was lancelot but oh, he right. is recognizable because he was mr fantastic in those Horrible early two thousands fantastic you're horror right, movies. You're right. So a lot of faces that when they come on screen, you're just like, oh, like oh, oh this guy, that guy, and they're all none of them are bad actors in their own right. In fact, most of them are good actors, but they were all it's very haphazard. So not great chemistry, really. Terrible chemistry. Yeah, I would say. The, a but lot the of acting them, itself was not bad, except for maybe like Kira Knightley or something. Kira Knightley bothers me a lot. Yeah. I don't. But like she was the, again just haphazard, and the yeah. character was so bogus that it was just like it was. It was. It was such a. That was a. I mean, talk about contrived. Every, you're going to hear me say contrived in. over and over right. because everything in this. So movie, I just said a two. I actually said one and a half. It yeah. bothered me more than it bothered you, but not too much. It looks like I would have said two because I agree with you. Most of the actors were 
competent actors doing an okay job with bad work, but the chemistry was terrible. The chemistry between Clive Owen and Kira Knightley, who is supposed to be Arthur and Guinevere, one of the great right. love stories of all time. And they get like married in the end. Yeah, and they for like just, no after no reason. Oh, they just like fought together. There was no real like yeah. romance yeah. or anything. And there's like a 15 year age gap. It's kind of well, nothing there. Yeah, no, I mean it's just they're like a weird looking couple, and they have no chemistry together. There was nothing ever in the movie that made you think that they were going to be good together in some way. Yeah, Keira Knightley kind of bothers me as an actress. Anyway. Yeah, I don't really like her. Uh, Clive Owen, I thought, did kind of a bad job. He it was seemed just, like he was very monotone. Yeah, he seemed very like lifeless. He didn't put a lot of gravitas yeah. into anything. And I, I haven't seen him in a lot, but the stuff, other stuff I've seen him in, I thought he was fine or good, like Children of Men. So yeah. he was very. I mean, that is sort of his style, though. He's yeah. not a super bombastic like actor, but it just didn't work for this when you combine with like very kind of just weird material kind of bland material right so he seemed he needed to be he needed more to be a little more energy yeah energetic. so in a bland movie you've got this low energy lead and he's supposed to be leading this group of ragtag um real rough Conscripts, and rough like yeah. good fighters but all just kind of haphazardly from all these different countries and and they spent so much time trying to convince you how much these guys like loved each other basically right. and like oh how much camaraderie and everything was just very contrived so i i gave it a pretty low one yeah, i mean that's not that crazy difference yeah tell me about the visual this one was also really hard for me okay i don't know if i um i may change it here at the last minute okay i know i'll leave it i said two i said two and a half okay i actually thought the visuals were the best thing about this movie really i thought they were there were some good stuff in terms of it was very, everything looked high quality. There was a good sense of like, there weren't, because some of these movies you'll see like an army and they'll show like five people. Like right. they did all that stuff well. Everything had a good sense of like scale. Everything was real. You know, like it didn't, you didn't see a lot of noticeable CG or anything. It was actually like big groups of people on real horses and all that stuff. I gave it extra points for that. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't love the look of the movie, but you can tell that everything is practical effects. Right. And actually reading about it in the... And even the stuff that's as simple as like they get up to a village and there's like the wall like all that stuff is real looks real anyways it is the they wall did. was a kilometer long they built that wow fort. yeah so yeah so they built this like that's huge what I mean. like wall. they did a good job with actually building it so in that sense i liked those visuals but other than the way everything looked there's nothing to see in this the, movie the battles were frustrating Every, everything's like yeah, yeah. the battles were the frustrating choreography, choreography was, wasn't good everything's drab colors and bland like nothing you know it, nothing yeah. really is happening right uh, and I didn't like the ice. That looks kind of shitty, the ice scene. It did, yeah. There yeah. was a scene where there was a frozen lake, and the Saxons were trying to chase them across the lake, and Arthur and his group were trying to break the frozen lake. And it just, that was some, that was bad CG. Yeah, that so, was some bad CG. I didn't really like that. Yeah, that seemed like the one part that they didn't do completely practical effects for obvious reasons. And then, like, and the Kira Knightley's, like, warriorist outfits and so shit stupid. were, like, they, yeah, they had, like, this, uh, not even it's like a halter top i guess but they're like smooshing in like skin up into it too to try and make it look like she has boobs yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah they were they like got some of her ribs yeah in rib there. meat and push her chest everything muscles and everything, smash them in there right and that whole group that was kind of stupid look like the weird blue paint warrior people and stuff like it just was whatever yeah. it wasn't terrible like the way the makeup and everything was done was fine 
And the way the costumes were made didn't look chintzy or anything, but just style-wise, it looked stupid. Right. I think that I gave this a little bit more after reading some history on it, like reading like how much work they about put the practical it. effects and how right. much work got put into it. And I appreciate that, but again, like that's all that they got out of this. It wasn't was... fun to look at. Right, though. exactly. Yeah. Nothing about the visuals were entertaining. They just lended credibility to it looking like a high-quality movie. Right. I also noticed that a lot of the armor and stuff, especially on Arthur and Lancelot, looked too nice. It looked right. Too new, like that's a common one, problem with right, these type There was of movies. one point that I was like, like I shiny wonder if and that's, pristine. Yeah, where I was like, I wonder if that's just supposed to be his like ceremonial. Yeah, ceremonial armor. But then he was wearing it in battle, and he gets out of battle, and it looks perfect. I'm like, damn, I can't even keep a leather jacket looking nice for <laughs> right. two years. So that was a little. It just looked very movie, but right. it they were high, that, they were fairly high quality visuals. Here's here's one thing that I agree more with your two than my two and a half. PG-13. Right. It, so these like epic battles with no any sorts of realistic even gore. They, people just falling over and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, they, they were That's always going to be a problem. They were more on the Lord of the Rings end as far as they actually they got a little bit of blood and grime in there, but not not enough. I and, actually read the director was very upset and, about that. About no blood? Yeah. They, originally, one of the reasons, they originally shot it to be R and they had to take the stuff out. After that sucks. Fact. Yeah. That's kind of noticeable, honestly. Yeah. And one of the reasons I, I gave it a lower score for visuals too is because not the way everything looks but this is sort of structure but there were a lot of weird edits like cuts oh yeah not terrible but like noticeable and there was a specific scene in the end where he's about to start fighting the saxons where it's there's very confusing visuals in terms of like where the people are in reference to each other yes like there's a wall and it'll show him they'll see him standing on his horse on this hill but then the next scene he's with his people on the other side of the wall apparently and it seems like he's like jumping back and forth like how are they seeing him and he's still seeing these other people and they're not seeing that and it's really confusing visually yes yeah. and then they have like and this is something we've noticed which is strange but all the uh, these movies that we have themes, like two of the same type <laughs> yeah. and like two Arthur movies, two, they always seem to have a very specific element that they share. It's yeah. random, but in this case, it's like a field with a bunch of smudge fires, like piles of burning stuff. There's two specific scenes, one in each movie, where there's an open field where there's piles of burning stuff. And neither in a one very really specific... accomplishes anything. No, one was funeral pyres, and in this one, they did it to kind of just obscure the battlefield like smoke bombs. Yeah. They just burned a bunch of hay. But it was a really specific, exactly matching visual. Right, so, of an open green field with these burning, smoking, really smoky piles. Yeah. And it's just oh, weird. Right, like in the in the skydiving movies, there were two scenes with someone crushing another person. To, right, like, like a squeezing. Yeah. And in this one, there's two... Like and not it's not like all these gladiator medieval movies have this. No. These are the only ones no. that do, yeah. and they're both the King Arthur ones that came out. I mean, these weren't in the same year, obviously, but right. the same movie. Right, and one is supposed to be more Roman themed, and the other is supposed to be medieval. Right, so it's, it's not even, even more bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So that that was it's super not a historical noticeable. thing. Yeah, it was super noticeable when it happened. You're completely right. So okay, so so far. But that's why I say visuals too, because so far it, our, our overall scores are dead even. Because you gave acting a two, and you gave, and you gave a two visuals and a, a two, right. and I did one and a half and two and a half. So. All right, let's move on to structure. All right, I gave it a one and a half. I gave it a one. Yeah. I thought the structure was very bad. It was pretty bad, yeah. So I think I knocked it down because honestly, the very central plot point that I mentioned of having of them having to go north of the wall to get this prominent Roman family made absolutely no sense. Yeah, why would they have even been there? Because they made the movie made a huge deal of showing when they finally opened the gate to under Hadrian's wall, 
to go north of it. Yeah, like rust was, was blasting off of it because they hadn't used it in so long. They, they made this huge deal of him. Like, why did this Roman family get up there? Why, when did they why get were there? They even why out were there? they even yeah. there? Why didn't they leave earlier if the Romans were already planning on leaving? So the whole thing was just really, again, contrived. It was just a reason to get Arthur's troops north of the wall, put some seeds of... Uh, of discontent right. in his group and it, it and make him not trust the Romans. And, and it was also hilarious that when the Saxons got to the wall, they literally like let them through. They yeah. opened the gates for them. They had this massive wall and they didn't make, make them bother trying to break it open while no. they shot them with arrows or something. They just opened it up just and, opened then it for, and then they shot them with arrows. Shut it. Well, they let a few people through and shut it and then they opened it again and let the rest of them through. Yeah. They literally opened the gates for them. You know, so the, the entire plot really hinges on something that makes no sense. Does he add? Then all the characterizations are just bad, ham-fisted. Well, they're very, like, shallow and archetypal, you know, like, cliched almost. Yeah. We've got the gruff, lecherous old guy. The way Winston's got the 12 character. kids yeah. with his, yeah. And, and his angry but loyal kind of thing. Like, and he was supposed to be funny, but none of his lines worked. None of it was funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was that it was Ray Winstone. I don't know if it was his delivery I don't think or it was, if the lines I mean, there was just, nothing there to be funny. Yeah, there was nothing to work with. Um, so some of it was lack of chemistry with the actors, but some of it was just they had nothing. Absolutely, right. there's nothing, nothing to work with. To work with. And then as they're bringing Kira Knightley in and making and trying to make Guinevere this character, at one point Eric just went. Who the fuck even is she? <laughs> yeah, because like, they just—they're—they're they're at this place to pick up the bishop kid, and he has like a dungeon where he's just walled people in to suffer for being sinners or something. Yeah, and she's just in there. Yeah, and they just found her in there, and, and all then, of a sudden they like are she's one of them, and they're just like fighting with her and taking advice from her and, like, and marrying and her. marrying her. Yeah, yeah it's it like just, who the hell even is this? Woman? Yeah, but then I wrote down. Who the fuck is anybody? Yeah. Like, why is any of this happening? Why do we care about this Roman family north of the wall? Why do we care that this kid's going to be the Pope? Right. Why do I care that any of yeah, these guys Yeah, you don't care. Well, freedom? that's one of the things that I was thinking is that you just... And this got towards entertainment more so than structure, I guess. But it is an element of structure. Like, they don't... You don't care about any of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of just sort of like want people to fuck some stuff up. You're like, all right, let's go, Skarsgård. Let's make something happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he like, was disappointing. You know, right. kind of like Skarsgård's a good actor. So he he could, I felt like he could have made that more entertaining, but his character just didn't do yeah. anything. Exactly. So. And they, they, um, they had some weird structural elements with writing where they kept referencing this army of like thousands, tens out, tens of thousands of Saxons. And then they're like, you're going to face 200 people? Yeah. And like, wait, why is it 200 all of a sudden? Yeah, and then this one group kept breaking off from the Saxons to do all of the fighting. The right. The actual, like, proper army Saxon army. was just army, hanging back for no reason. Just Yeah, they just kind of stood on the other side of the wall and just yelled, Saxon! Right. Saxon! <laughs> I, I wrote down... The whole Merlin thing was super, totally superfluous. Oh, just, yeah. They just wanted to have a Merlin character. Right. And I, I, all of the elements were there, but they just couldn't come together. And right. I, I think it must have just been haphazard people at the like helming this who couldn't make everything gel. And yeah, or they just didn't know how to get what they were really going for out. Like they're trying too hard to make it like a serious gladiator type movie, yeah. so they like toned it down. But all that did was make it boring. And ultimately, it really just didn't work to try to make an Arthur mo- movie into that a was Roman just a bizarre mo- choice to begin with. Yeah, the Arthur legends are interesting to people who like medieval stuff and magical stuff. Right. So I mean, it was so, it was, away. it was only Arthur in the names of the characters. That's literally yeah. the only, they didn't have like the sword pulling from the stone, or, like any of the nope. stuff that's actually happened. Literally, it was just 
the character names. Right. They had Arthur, they had Lancelot, they had Guinevere, and everything else was just kind of a made-up story. And they couldn't even say that the Arthur story could have taken place after this because they killed Lancelot right. at the end. Right. He died in the final battle. He died with, yeah, arrows. So and... there was no love triangle. There was there was nothing. So Nope. That was I, it, yeah. Yeah, so this movie just completely, completely failed. So let's yeah. move on to the final entertainment I said point five. I said 0.5 I was completely also. bored. Yeah. It was literally what we were like, oh, fuck, there's an hour left of this. Yeah. It drug on. You don't care about the characters. Nothing, even though the visuals are quality in terms of sets and stuff, there's nothing that exciting to see or anything like that. This was one of... Any, yeah, it's, This was one of the more difficult movies for us to make it through. Yeah. Which is too bad because it's not... The worst movie we've ever watched. No, but when you give us that's why it has fair like twos and stuff. Like yeah, it was competently made in terms of um, a lot of aspects of it, yeah. other than the story and stuff. But like that, I it's said, just it super sure boring. looks like a movie. Yeah, but other than boring. that, there's nothing, nothing to it. And uh, you know, a, a score of 0. 0.5 on the on the system. I've given out some ones and one and a halfs. Like I would say, an entertainment score of one is something that I almost certainly wouldn't have finished. If right. I wasn't watching and it for the podcast. won't watch it again. But, but you're not bored usually. Yeah. You're not usually sitting there going, oh my God, I can't finish Whereas this. Whereas like a .5, we're sitting, we took, we took a break. Yeah, I we think we went a, and got food yeah, I think in we, the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, because we were like, there's an hour left. We got to go do something else. Right, right. So we didn't have any chores to do. So like a point five is like you're probably going to leave the theater or something. Well, I was in the, I finished As it out the theater. As a teenager, I guess. I do not remember having any feelings about this movie in the theater. But nowadays, if you stuck me in the theater with this movie, I feel like I would have wanted to walk out. Yeah. So, Ask I don't know. Ask your money back or something. Yeah, so maybe I just... Maybe I, maybe I guess I'm just pickier now. So your scores were two... Two, two, two one and a half. And so two's basically six total. Because I got two, two, one and a half, and a half. And then I said one and a half, two and a half, one and a half for 5.5. So I gave it so a six. So that's a total of 11.5. That's a pretty close score for the two of us. Yeah, only half by a half a point. Yeah, yeah. And these are that's a pretty low score for us. You know, we're in the right. range of like getting I mean, close that's to... a fatal, the fatal uh, flaw, though, is boring. Yeah. That's I mean, when it comes down to it, movies are entertainment. Yeah. If it's boring, that's just devastating to, to it. Right. And I would say... If you like want to enjoy see, a lot of shitty movies, yeah. <laughs> they're funny or exciting right. or something. And if you want to see a King Arthur movie, there's no reason to watch a Roman movie. Right. This movie felt closer to a movie called Centurion. I was just going to say that I've yeah. seen actually a couple times because Centurion also deals with a conflict between Romans and Celtic tribes. And uh, I thought you were going to say because it deals with the. Uh, Fast bender. <laughs> well, <laughs> that makes it better. <laughs> there is a shirtless. Fast but there are not two fast benders kissing. No, no. There's just one fast bender. He is shirtless for at least part of the movie, and it's rated R. And it's just all. And the female warrior is Olga Kurylenko. He's much so, better than yes, Kira Knightley. Yes, she's at least like six feet tall. So yeah. she's actually kind of imposing. And she's in a bunch of furs, so you can't see how fucking skinny she is. <laughs> and she doesn't make the weird puckered face that Kira Knightley does. Well, those are just like fillers. They, she's done something to her lips, you can tell. Uh, Kira Knightley? Yeah. Yeah, because she's kind of got this like pushed-in bulldog face, and then her lips just come out. Yeah, but they come out like where they're not supposed... Yeah, she's definitely just had some injections or something. Yeah, so basically everything that King Arthur does, Centurion does better. And since King Arthur doesn't have anything to do with the King Arthur tale, just go watch yeah. Centurion. So Or... 
Gladiator. Or Gladiator, or yeah. Or something, or like some other movie about King Arthur if you want that. But probably not this next movie yeah. that we're going to talk about. All right, so moving on to the second feature, which is King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. From, <laughs> from, from, tw- <laughs> yeah, from 2017. Now, I will say... I, tomatoes on this one. Oh, shit. Um, this one probably actually did get hammered. I'm going to say like... I'll go... 18 again. 27. God damn it. Yeah. What what were they watching? Yeah. Some of these people were probably are like paid critics though. I They're think, like a rip-roaring fun riot from start to finish. I think these days you do kind of have to worry about critics being paid off. I don't know that you did in 2004, but in But now people realize that the Rotten Tomatoes score yeah, matters. And, yeah, in 2017 Rotten Tomatoes, I think the movie theaters are paying a lot of attention to that. So, this one is the things it has going for it is at least a more straightforward King Arthur tale. Right. It's very much King Arthur. It is medieval. Lady of the Lake, sword, right. powerful magic sword. Merlin wasn't There's in the tons movie, of magic. but he was talked about a lot. Right. So this movie leaves out some key characters, but it's because they were planning on a six-film franchise. No way! Six what? Movies. What? They were, they were trying to make it literally an extended universe. This is fucking crazy. Like make a like, Merlin only movie yes, and all this other shit. Well, there goes that. Yeah, They're not going to so, do that now. So they purposefully withheld Merlin and Lancelot. And apparently the mage, who is the main female character, is supposed to be Guinevere. But yeah, like, it's not revealed much. in right. this movie because they were trying to save things for the next movie. This movie <laughs> is... So I'm going to talk a little bit about my expectations for this movie before we right. start talking about Well, first of all, I, I, yeah, I like... I didn't know what to expect because I'm a big fan of some of the Guy Ritchie movies mm-hmm. that everyone, the ones that everyone likes. Yeah. And I really like them, but I didn't think that that would translate well to this kind of material. It turns out more, I'm right. Even more recent Guy Ritchie movies, I'm fine with. The Sherlock Holmes movies are fine. Right. I don't love them. I didn't but really I find like like Revolver or um, Rock, Rock and Roll. Those weren't good. But, but the, like the Man from Uncle. Man from Uncle was good. That one doesn't even feel like a Guy Ritchie no. movie. No. So that's why I was like, hey, maybe so we'll see. I was like, okay, maybe this is going to be more of a Man from Uncle type thing. Also, all of the the trailers were set up in a way to kind of distract us from what this movie really was. Which is always, you know, it's a bad sign. Because the trailers it. seemed like a fairly straightforward feeling King Arthur medieval Lord Right, of the when it's much movie. more like Scorpion King-ish. It than... is Snatch meets medieval times. Well, meets like... Very fantastical medieval times. Yes. Lots more, because they, they have elements of, like, obviously it's King Arthur, they have elements of sorcery and stuff, but it's way more trying to be, like, Lord of the Ring meets some crazy video game shit, like, I would say, meets God of War or something. Yeah, Snatch, Lord of the Rings, and God of War are, right. like, the three main things that this movie is just crushed into right. one. And rolled up and just fucking chucked at the audience. And that's space. kind of one of the major problems. I mean, there's a lot of problems. <laughs> but one of the big ones is... They don't, like, Lord of the Rings has a very, even if you don't, if you haven't read the books, it's easy to see, like, they define the universe really well. Yes. There's orcs, there's goblins, this is how this works. Where in this movie, they just start throwing all this stuff in there. Right. They're like, oh, here's giant animals. Oh, this person will use magic now. This person will use a different kind of magic. This person can do that. <laughs> this will now happen, you know? And it's just, they constantly use whatever elements of fantasy stuff that they want without making, like, an actual coherent, the, the- like... World. The term for that is world building. Yeah, so they didn't do any Peter world Jackson building. Peter Jackson and the Lord of the Rings movies are some of the best examples of world And I mean, building. to be fair, they did start from... They had the advantage of not only is it like stuff that's been around forever. The Lord of the Rings world type is very archetypal. 
So there's nothing that they really are being super unique about. Like everyone understands, like there's orcs, there's goblins, there's wizards. Lord of the Rings created right, like exactly. That. Yeah. So that's why I mean, they come. People go into the movie at least knowing, even if you haven't ever read Lord of the Rings, you know what wizards are, you know what goblins are. Yeah, but are. you should know that for King Arthur also. Right. You should know. You should go into it knowing. But what you, it's are. very yeah. obvious. Like you know what wizards are, but you say, okay, it's a mage. What is that? These now they have these powers. What are the limits of the? You know, like you don't really know anything. Yeah. Where the Lord of the Rings kind of define it a little better throughout the movie. You right. know. So, how this world works. So when I so I saw this movie twice, like I said, because I watched it once with my friend for bad movie shirtless shirtless guy viewing, and, uh, and then for this podcast, and then I was me. like, this movie is so bad, we have to work this into the podcast. Right. So I actually kind of dredged up the 2004 King Arthur one just to have something to compare this one to. Yeah, because I was like, Eric, you gotta see this. And yeah. then by the time I got here to visit him, he hadn't watched it, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it again, whatever. Um, but it. It was shocking to me and my friends it's when really we were bad. watching it. I was really surprised we just, at this. We were just like, I can't believe this is just Snatch in medieval times with Lord of the Rings Oliphant. But it's not even. It's just like elements of Snatch hammered in in certain spots. Yeah. Like the weird conversations where yeah. I'm like, I really like that like, which in... George? George? Yeah, George, 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 Flat Nose George. And like, yeah. I like that stuff a lot in the other movies. Yes. It was terrible in a it movie horrible. like this it took you straight yeah out it was just it. like a, someone walked up and slapped you in the face it was like, annoying it right it just made it anno- it made it longer and it made it stupid because it did not work at all yes so i'm gonna do a quick rundown this plot is easier it's than very the other straightforward one. and then we'll get into the ratings where we can bitch about it a little bit more but uh the the plot is that arthur's father uther is <laughs> ki- <laughs> I didn't make it up. Uh, Uther is killed by his brother Vortigern, played by Jude Law. Arthur escapes. He is raised in Londinium in a brothel. <laughs> Londinium. I was guffawed when I saw that. Yeah, it, I think that might actually be what it was called. Really? Yeah. I All mean, right. so like stupid. Britain used to be called Brittany and stuff like that. So I, I think right. he, I don't think he made Maybe that I'm up. Maybe just a historically illiterate fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I think you are. So. Arthur escapes, he's raised in a brothel, he doesn't know who he is. However many years later, the sword in the stone appears out of the lake, the lake washes away, and Vortigern realizes that only Arthur's going to be able to pull the sword from the stone, so he starts calling all of the men of the right age, which probably shouldn't be 37 years right. old like Charlie Hunnam is. Because it's supposed to be like 10 years later or yeah. something. So they, he's getting all the, all the young guys together to try to pull the sword out of the stone. He finally finds Arthur. And then once Arthur pulls it out, he joins up with the aforementioned mage in a group of rebels who supported his father, and he overthrows Vortigern. So that's right. the whole movie. I'm not going to go into all the yeah, various pretty much things yeah. that happen. But all right, on to acting. What did you do for this one? For acting and casting, I gave it a one and a half. I gave it a two. I... So we're pretty close. Okay, because I, I didn't. I, I really wondering... didn't like. Oh, I mean, Charlie Hunnam wasn't bad for it. He was a little miscast. But he was a little miscast. Jude Law, I think, was badly miscast. You think so? Yeah, I don't think he was. I was neutral on Jude. He wasn't Law. bad at what he's doing, but I mean, it's just I don't know. I didn't Hunnam, like either. Charlie Hunnam was a little too lumbering for that snappy dialogue. It seemed like he couldn't really keep up with it. And he just seemed too modern. I don't know how he, all to put are, it. Okay. I mean, probably his haircut and all the other shit, but he just seemed like he was straight out of a Guy Ritchie movie I mean, in medieval was, times. He was Jack's teller with a British accent. Right. That was all that he was. And when I was watching it with my friend, we just we couldn't get over it. He had 
He had that hipster slicked back hairstyle. Right. Everything he wore was way right. too it modern. Right. It was way too he modern looking. He was just anachronistic right. in, in the whole thing, which is not an acting issue. That's a visual issue. And I feel I sort of feel the same way about Jude Law in there too. You think so? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Not as bad because he had his more of like the posh British accent, I yeah. guess. But Charlie Hunnam's voice really bothers me because he is British, but. He has an unconvincing American accent, and in this, he had an unconvincing British accent. Well, it's like they were trying to get him to do like more of like a Jason Statham Londoner type accent, when maybe that's not what he really it. has. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. It also seemed like he couldn't keep up with the dialogue because you're kind of expecting. And he's like a Jason stumbling Statham. his way through, trying to be all snappy back and forth, like. And he Who's this Batman tonight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he could, he could barely say it, so he kind of stumbles, and it's a little bit slow, and everyone it else didn't is able feel to natural. Do it around him. You know, yeah. it felt like it was memorized. Right. It wasn't like. He wasn't, he's not a bad actor. No, and he but he has to be used he, in certain ways. Yeah, if the movie had been more straightforward, he might have been Like, fine. I really liked him in Pacific Rim. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, he might have been totally And he fine. was fine in Sons of Anarchy. I watched that whole show. I liked him in that. Pacific Rim is the only thing I've seen him in. Yeah. So that's the only, but I thought he was completely fine. His voice was really fucking weird in yeah. it. But I think that's just him. This is like Christian Bale, like people doing American accents getting all like uh, marbly mouth. But now, he, and now stuff. he lost his British accent. He <laughs> yeah, can't exactly. Even do that. He can't even do it right. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. He's, lo- he's lost his identity. Yeah, I will say the only other actors that stood out was the the lady who played the mage. I thought was pretty bad. I didn't like she her was at all. Very yeah. very monotone. She had a big square head. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like the way she looked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, because as the movie started, Eric went, "Are the women hot in this?" And I was like, "Nah, not really." No. She's gangly <laughs> so, with a square head. I knew you wouldn't like her. She had no boobs. She's, yeah. yeah, she had the big square face. So <laughs> and and she just was like monotone and kind of surly. Uh, interestingly enough, that's like the only woman in this movie, other than a couple like wife characters. They there's like this character who's in there for no her, reason. Yeah, like, that's another one. Who the fuck is this yeah. even? <laughs> And I told you at one point I was like, "That's the last time." Yeah, you're don't see worry. That they, like, don't ask me because they don't explain who <laughs> yeah, this is. Because Eric kept asking me, "Who's that? What are they doing? What's going yeah, on?" Yeah, I mean, like, it was probably bad that Tony had already seen this movie because sometimes when we're watching movies, I'll, I'll say a question that I'm not really asking. I'm just kind of thinking out loud, and Tony gets annoyed by that. <laughs> but in this movie, I was kind of like, "Am I missing something?" Like, there, I was confused through a lot. More, you were being a lot more insistent this time because usually because well, I, I felt like I was like, you. "Am I just being stupid?" Or is like, <laughs> "Are you supposed to know what's happening here?" Yeah, because because sometimes he'll ask me a question, I'll answer it, and then he'll get mad at me because he's like, "I didn't actually want you to answer it. That was spoiled." Well, I'll just be watching and I'll be like, "What the fuck is this?" And then like I'm just saying that I'm not really asking it. I'll be like, "What the fuck is that?" You know, and I'm like, "She's like, whoa, we saw." Her. I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> So this one, he was actually constantly because asking you've me. seen the movie, right? Right. And right. I and I honestly felt like I was like maybe I'm just kind of out of it today and not really paying attention because I don't like it. But I feel like I should know what blank is is like what's happening. What she, this? But not really. I mean, yeah. you were like, I mean, they sort of kind of explain this a little bit later, but not yeah. not really. But so ultimately, I gave this a two. We're kind of we're ripping on the acting here, but. I gave it a two because acting I thought, in and of itself is not bad. For me, right. it's more the casting, and chemistry. Some of the side characters had chemistry better than in King Arthur, the 2004 right. one. So I gave it the two because of chemistry more so than anything. Right. Yeah, everything else was just kind of like. A well, I mean, bit we're still jarring. close, one and a half. Right. Yeah. All right. So I think the big one with this is going to be the visuals. Yeah. All right. Tell me about the visuals. I said a one. I said a one and a half, but I think I gave it a little... Because it's weird, because yeah. again, it is... There's a lot that's done okay. The CG in this is... Terrible atrocious. CG. And a lot of it is just 
totally bizarre choices. Like, why are they even doing this? Like visuals that just don't work at all and are terrible choices, even if the visual, even if the CG had been done well and stuff. But there were some scenes that, like where he was fighting, that looked seriously, and not just because of the style, but just actually in how it was, the CG was done, looked like a cut scene from a video game. Absolutely. They looked as bad as the fight in The Matrix 2. Yes. When he's like fighting a bunch of Agent Smiths. So it and was that kind of terrible and CG. And 15 years later. Yeah, two, almost two decades and later. this movie, I don't, do you want to guess what the budget for this movie was? 120 million? I don't know. 175. Oh my god. Yeah. So we are talking a big budget movie. There are Marvel movies with smaller budgets. Yeah, than like that. Avengers and shit. Well, I mean, Avengers is going to have a bigger budget. No, than I mean, that. like the first one probably yeah. didn't have that much of a but budget. Some of the lesser Marvel movies, like uh, Ant Man and right. even the first Guardians of the Galaxy, was 170. I looked this up because when I finished I bet Captain watching, America and stuff wasn't anywhere near that. When I finished watching this movie, I was like, Jesus, this movie must have been cheap as hell if they're doing fucking early 2000s CG like that. It literally looked like a Tomb Raider scene. Yeah. Um, no, $175 million for bottom of the barrel CG. I and think it, it was, was... I think part of the reason it looked so bad is because it was so stupid stylized that it's hard to make something like that look realistic because it is so essentially unrealistic. But it just looked bad anyway, like texture and well, movement because, I mean, and... Yeah, because it, there was... One of the scenes I'm thinking of... Uh, it was like when Arthur he was going through with his the, sword. Yeah. Arthur himself was CG. It right. wasn't even like they had Charlie Hunnam stand no, there. No, and so he would have like the, the weird smooth skin and like bad yeah. colors. And it was supposed to, I could tell what they were going for. They were trying to make it like the scene from Immortals where their gods are fighting the Yeah, they didn't uh, the get Titans. that one right. And that, I really I liked the way scene. that looked. And this was like a complete, this like ass raping of that type of style. It, it just, it just, it, there's no other way. It looked like a video yeah. game. Like, the movements were way too smooth, unrealistic, you know, the way, like, when a head whips back or something, it's just, Right, and yeah. the sword whips around and people go flying, and then I couldn't believe they terrible. didn't even have Charlie Hunnam at least stab at a green screen a little right. bit, you know? Right, and then just speed it up or something. It was completely right. CG. Instead, they just... They That's just why it was so expensive, it. probably, though. Like, we'll just yeah. make this whole... See, and it made it worse. Yeah. Like and then in the beginning, they have, like, giant elephants for no reason. Huge elephants. Bigger like, than big, anything that's ever lived. Right, I mean, like, these things were, like, Godzilla-sized, not just... Yeah. They were, like, a thousand feet tall. Right, I was calling them dinosaur elephants. They were way bigger than any dinosaur ever was. Yeah, I mean, they're bigger than any land animal's ever been. Yeah. So, and... So, they know, weren't we, even, like, the Lord of the Ring Oliphants. Right. They were, like... Yeah, like they're like Godzilla size. Yeah. And hundreds we mentioned and before anachronistic outfit, especially for Arthur. Everyone else's outfits were okay, but his were it's difficult to describe just like a lot of like just vests shirts and, and pants, shirts yeah. And jackets and like sort of tight pants. Almost like a motorcycle jacket, but like canvas. Right. Yeah. With some leather stitching on the edges. Right. And then like they some, had yeah. in the beginning they had an entire I called it I wrote down childhood montage of slapping. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be him growing, showing his rough life, but how he's becoming like shrewd. And it was just like him being like punched like 17 times and then putting coins in a jar, which was like never really used for anything. It showed, it made a big deal of showing how he was like scheming and working to get all this money. And then he like gives it to a prostitute when she gets beat up or something. I think that they were trying to show how good of like Like a hustler he is a leader. And like he had, he had his group of like little miscreant kids. Yeah. And so I think they were trying to show that, but all it was, yeah, it was just him getting slapped. Slapped repeatedly and slowly getting older. And then they, um, they had this one scene where he has to go do some sort of vision quest to be able to handle the sword 
and he gets swooped by bat people that honestly look shittier than the ones from Beast. I was like, I want the Beastmaster bat people back. That was a better visual. And then they literally had a whole scene where he's fighting R-O-U-S's. There is no other way to describe it. I, I mean, if this wasn't purposely put in as an homage... Then to they're the just the, to the Princess Bride. Then it was a complete, yeah. utter ripoff. Yeah, they were they because they were nothing up other than of unus- rodents of unusual size in a big swamp. They were even like greasy looking. They looked <laughs> yeah. exactly the same. Yeah, and they were attacking him in a, fi- a swamp, a fire swamp, <laughs> in a fire basically. Swamp. Yeah. yeah, in a fire swamp. It was so fucking ripping him off. Yeah, and then they had a bunch of other stuff that you can tell. That, I mean, that, that that's kind of what makes this whole movie. Or that's kind of what this whole movie is, is a bunch of things that they said, oh, this will be cool. Oh, this will be cool. And then they just throw it in. Like there's one scene where they do an assassination attempt on Jude Law. It doesn't work. So they have to escape. So they're running through the city and the the, the, uh, city's defense forces, like the cops, basically, the guards, keep launching these arrows into the sky that explode like flak. But they like, didn't. But there's for no, no reason. For no reason. There's no shrapnel. It doesn't illuminate anything. They just thought it would be a cool visual. Yeah. I don't know if it was supposed to be an there like an alarm of some kind, but they don't they don't say anything. They were already everyone, everyone was already knew. Everyone yeah. was chasing them, and they just occasionally shoot up an arrow that goes, which makes a big puff of black smoke in the sky. Yeah, and that was it. They're trying to make it like World War II movie looking kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, very strange. And honestly, no that whole sequence confused me even a second time. It was pointless. You seem to get it better than I did, but this time I was just like, where are they running? Why are they running there? Like, yeah. they had this whole. Well, it was so plan. bizarre because they were supposed to try to assassinate Jude Law. They somehow knew where he was going to be. And they're like, we have to be able to shoot 175 yards of the bow to do that. And the guy who plays Littlefinger in Game of Thrones apparently could do that. Which, interestingly enough, after just saying minutes before that he could shoot 75 yards. And then he shot 175 yards. And then he shot 175 yards. And like, yards. was he supposed to be just fucking with them? Right. So anyway, so they set up, they realize that they're not going to, the, the guy that's standing out there is a decoy. And they're like... Oh fuck it, we shoot him anyway. They just shoot him anyway, or they shoot some other guard. Not yeah, that they guy. Shoot the guard they shoot one of the head guards. They didn't shoot the and then they have to like get out of there. And they're like, why would you bother like risking your life just when you know you're not gonna be able to get the guy? Yeah. And they never explained why Jude Law would all of a sudden be afraid of being assassinated at this weirdly exact moment when he'd never he was just like waiting in his carriage, like, Yep, this is probably when they're gonna do I guess it was supposed to be sorcery or something. I don't remember that well enough. I think that was when he realized that the woman that they put in there just to have another woman who was like the maid in his castle was yeah. actually against him. So I don't know. It was it didn't. It and didn't then the make visuals with there was a bunch of animals that were fantastically sized, like the woman was like a warg or something. The mage. The, the mages are wargs, so yeah, they, they can, can control. control that's why the elephants were being controlled. And apparently, there's also giant snakes, and she controls one to burst into the castle. Kills like three people who are unimportant and then leaves. <laughs> and the giant snake CG looks shit. Yeah. Honestly, the one in Conan looked better than yeah. the original Conan. Yeah. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Fulgrim is beside him. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, well let's they go ahead and transition. Yeah, let's go ahead and transition to structure because I think we've talked visuals to death. I already I already mentioned being dissatisfied with the yeah. number of shirtless scenes. Uh, there were even times where he was standing in a lake and like yeah, he was washing, washing in a lake and leaving and it. his shirt was on I was like who fucking takes a shower with a shirt on you know how many steroids he bought for this movie and you're yeah. not even let him take his yeah, shirt off yeah half the damn trivia is about how good he looks shirtless and then we get one 30 second scene not even it probably wasn't even <laughs> and this seconds. was another PG-13 movie oh God, and they got their yeah. one F-bomb in with some spittle flying out to, yeah. to boot alright so moving on to structure what did you give structure a one I gave it a one also this yeah. movie was a mess. It was a Total glorious mess. mess. Their only saving grace was that, like we had mentioned at the beginning, 
relatively straightforward overall story arc. Right. But other than that, a lot of nonsensical little offshoots and really stuff that, like I said, is just hard to really understand what the hell is supposed to be going on, right. to be honest. Yeah. And then this really bad, like, I wrote that there is a lot of abrupt edits. They cram in those scenes trying to be like, the conversation is trying to be like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or yes. Snatch. Totally out of place. The all, Pretty much all the decision making of anything to do with the story and yeah. everything is just terrible. Was just, you know, if a character needed to be put in peril, there was no it would good just reason happen. for it. It would yeah. just happen. And then once that character needed to be safe again, it would just, there was, I, I remember you getting really confused. I got confused the first time too, but there's one point where the mage gets, she gets kidnapped by Jude Law's people. Somehow. And this happens off it screen. Just, it happens off screen. And then Jude Law is like, I want Arthur to come meet with me, and then you can get the mage back. Arthur doesn't even go so meet the bl- with So like, uh, Digimon, Digimon Hansu shows up, to, turns over his sword at the gate, which I thought it was just his own sword being like, I'm getting through security, here's my sword. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the ne- it really just cuts to the next scene. Is The mage is talking to the Arthur. The mage is talking to Arthur, and they're like, wait, what, what happened? And, and the way this movie is set up, it shows things out of order. Right, and so he has like don't... visions and shit sometimes too. So Eric was like, is this showing her getting kidnapped? And right, went, is it going no, back? She's to she's just back now. It, like, remembering like, oh, I remember the good times we had kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. And she was like, oh, he gave, like that was Excalibur that... Uh, Digimon Hansu turned over to them it was supposed yeah. to be it was like a sheathed sword he just hands to them and yeah. they didn't even say it. he just kind of grabs it and sets it on a table yeah. and I'm like what the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on and first of all like why would he do that and then they're like that's not good enough he has to come and so he goes and they're like alright cool we're gonna kill you now yeah. and like what the fuck he already could, like the girl go they had some kid or something yeah, like, this they makes had, no they fucking some, sense yeah. nothing, nothing made much sense I mean this movie I, honestly I'm gonna give it a little bit of credit for actually being more aggressively bad right than that's I what i mean yeah i thought it was from the previews i thought it was I gonna thought be it was boring gonna be bland. i thought and, it was gonna yeah. be a lot like the old king arthur right the me 2004 too. one and i was like okay whatever at least the lead guy's hotter so like but it was so it, aggressively bad and impressively bad. it was like i would stuff i would expect to see in like the dungeon siege tale yeah. or whatever which i never like actually a, watched like a, Uwe Boll movie, right? Almost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, or like the new Conan, where it's like giant serpents, witches jumping out of the yeah. sand, and like it was a lot more like that than it was yeah. like a straightforward medieval movie. Ultimately, for me, that made it a little bit more watchable. Right. I mean, it wasn't nearly as hard to sit through. It was a lot more confusing. Yeah. And frustrating, but it wasn't nearly as boring. Yeah. So, and so for that, I mean, I still hammered it on entertainment. I gave it? it a one. I gave it a one and a half because I was like this. I was. Again, I've mentioned this every time, but if I'm confused, that pisses me off. Yeah. So Eric fell asleep. During there it. were there were a lot. I, I mean, I went back movie. and started from where that was unrelated though. I was just tired. It wasn't so. It wasn't one of those movies that you would just fall asleep in because it's so boring. There's enough shit happening. Mm-hmm. So it's not. I wouldn't say it's boring. It's confusing and stupid. Yeah. But it's not really boring. So, but it is too confusing for me to give it anything higher. Because even though there was some laughably bad stuff in it, like there are stuff that you can chuckle at, it's so goofy, but it, it's so bad. I will say I was a little bit more generous to it because that first viewing, when I watched it with my friend, You're like, we, what were, the fuck? we were heckling it constantly. Right. I mean, it's heckle worthy, I mean, it so it's was, bad enough it to be actually, entertaining. It was actually a lot of fun. But definitely get some her. drinks. Then I, I sat down and watched it with you, and it was significantly less fun. This is not well, a Because you knew it was going to be goofy, so... And I was expecting it to be goofy, and then it wasn't quite as goofy as I right. remembered it, because once the shock wears off, 
like there's a long middle that doesn't right. have any big oliphants or right. snake creatures or you know shirtless, or shirtless punching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so once then you're just like, my God, what the hell is happening? So I did. I gave it the one and a half. So all right, run through your scores. I gave it one and a half, and then three ones. One one one. So that is four point five. Yeah, I will say that, like back to visuals. I've missed is the only visual that I kind of liked in the movie was the squirmy eel ladies under the. That CG looked good. Okay, so Jude, but that's pretty. So Jude Law is actually like a sorcerer himself, but he has to sacrifice someone he loves to these like creatures who are in the yeah, like, swamp. They're under like his Ursula castle. from uh, yeah, they're Little not mermaid. mermaid. Yeah, yeah, they're like Ursula. They're tentacle yeah. mermaids. Yeah, yeah. Or octopus maids. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a, that was a and one the, of the, the visuals yeah. for that look. The CG for that was good. Like they looked like a big slimy tentacles, and the way that they were like curling up while they crawled out of the deep water looked like Cthulhu or something. And they it, it, that was good CG. Yeah. And that was kind of an impactful... But that's that's it. Everything else looked like shit. Yeah. Okay, so I gave this two, one and a half, one, and one so and a half So you did a lot six. higher than me. I did a lot higher than you. you Not a lot. I get four and a half. You did four and a half. So that's ten and a half. So that means that the 2004 King Arthur, we are officially saying, is the better and movie. And it is. It's a better movie. It's just boring it's as fuck. More, I, wouldn't, I would not more recommend watching either of these. No, these and you'll are, notice that I put entertainment higher for the, the newer one, so even I. though I only put it at a half point higher and it's yeah. still a one. The other one is just so boring that even though it's a much better, well, more well-made movie, it's more coherent. Yeah. It's just too boring. There's just no. There's you no. You can't reason. even get fun out of it, out yeah. of laughing at how bad it is. It's right. There's no reason to watch either of these movies. Right. Well, would, there's a little bit of a reason to watch Legend of the Sword. You can laugh. If you can at get it, it for once. free, yeah. I would not pay for either don't pay, of these. Don't pay for it. So, just right. get a couple drinks and laugh at how. So I mean, this kind of brings up the question, though: Has there ever been a good King Arthur movie? I haven't seen because we were talking about some of the other movies. I haven't seen First Night with Richard Gere and. That's what strikes me as more being more of a romance movie. I haven't seen that one either. So, no. and now when I'm you tr- said first night, I first thought you were going to say A Knight's Tale, which I did see. Which is theaters. not King Arthur. It's not King Arthur, but that movie was total garbage. It was hilarious. Yeah. The... I don't. Uh, the only other one I can think of is the animated one, which was fun. <laughs> I actually was going to say that one really struck stuck with me as a kid. At this point, the best King Arthur movie I've seen is The Sword and the Stone. Right, The Sword and the Stone. And there's no. But reason- honestly, I can't think of any others. Yeah. There's got to be some. There's definitely one called Excalibur from the early 80s. I've never seen it because some of the trivia so we haven't was coming seen across any of the other ones. Saying, we can't really say then if we haven't seen them. Yeah, but it's funny for as much Isn't as Isn't there one with like Richard Harris or some shit? That might be Excalibur. I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. But as much as this story and mythos and legend is in our consciousness, we don't have a lot of Yeah, I think there, there was one with on Sam Neill called Merlin that I think was supposed to be pretty... I think it was a miniseries of some kind. I think it was supposed to be pretty cheesy, but I, as far as I know, it was kind of cult hit among some circles, if I remember correctly. I don't, I don't know. I, um, I know there's an old mystery science theater movie called Merlin Shop of Mystical Wonders. Well, that has nothing to do with... Pretty good, pretty good mystery science theater, but right. not really like a King Arthur thing. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Sword in the Stone. That's yeah, my vote. So, so at this point, don't watch either of these. Just watch Sword in the Stone. Even as an adult, that one's still... I, I think I've seen it as an adult, and I still liked it. You probably wouldn't, but... Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for us this week. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, our email address is faintpraisepodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, I uh, hope to join you in a couple weeks when we're able to hopefully do this again. Adios. Adios.